And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Call Churches, and founder and president of STAND, staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. And I am he. Great to be with you again today. God bless each and every one of you. Hope that you are having a wonderful day. Uh, I have to tell you that it does appear that I may be competing with the president's news conference. Um, but I also have to honestly say I'd rather be on the air with you than be listening to what the president of this president of the United States is saying. Ugh. It is very, very hard to take the level of incompetence, the level of venality, of demagoguery, and I think we're just going to hear more of it today. More of it today. I, and uh, yeah. So let's you and I have a good time, okay, while, while he tries to bring the country down with a lot of gloom and doom and, and blaming everybody else and calling everybody else a racist and saying everybody in the country is, you know, I mean, just whatever he can do to elevate himself and denigrate everybody else, um, he, he can just do his thing and we'll do our thing here. We'll do God's thing. That's even better. Okay, well, look, the first thing, I, what has been on my mind these last few days is this 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 spike in crime? You know, I, this is the first time in my memory that I've ever thought about crime in terms of the personal safety of those around me, of myself, of people I'm close to. I just kind of always thought of well, crime is kind of something that happens to other people, and it happens primarily in certain bad neighborhoods and and in, in certain circumstances into which people place themselves. And I don't put myself myself in those circumstances. I don't go to those places. And so it's, you know, I, 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 there may be some crime here and there and, and happening sometimes uh, really devastating some people. But, uh, you know, that's just not something I thought about in terms of my own personal safety and well-being. For the first time, I am thinking about it in that way. Because of the brazenness, because of just the, 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 the spirit of lawlessness that has been unleashed in our country where anything goes. I mean, when you see people walk up to an elderly person and for no reason at all, and some of the people who are doing this, by the way, are not mentally ill homeless people. Some of these people are just nasty, ugly, evil Filthy, and I don't mean filthy on the outside, on the inside, people who get a kick out of hurting someone, out of hurting an innocent person. When you see somebody beating up an 80-year-old woman, sucker punching a 79-year-old man, that kind of stuff just, it, I mean, it, it chills you to the bone. Because here again, all crime is bad, all crime is evil. But that's not the same as somebody goes into a, uh, a store to rob somebody and and end up in an interaction with someone they they hurt somebody well you know they were they were committing a crime and that person just got in the way uh here again still evil still wrong but that still to me is very different than just walking up to somebody who's minding their own business 
who's not in your way, who's not obstructing anything you're trying to do, and just hurting the person just for the sheer satisfaction of inflicting damage on another human being. Folks, that to me is a, that, that is a whole new level of depravity that we are witnessing. And I have to say these leftists have unleashed it on us. You know, the Bible says that the law is for the lawless uh, and that, that those who are in authority are there to enforce the law. See, the law full don't need the law enforced against them because they will obey it without anyone forcing them to do so. But the lawless need someone to force them to obey the law because without someone to force them, they will run roughshod over people like it, it like people are no no more than uh, gnats in their in their eyes. Just just nothing. Just they they have no more conscience than stepping on a bug that's in the way. And it's got me thinking about it, thinking about you know things erupting. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't walk in fear, and I'm not not worried. But but I I I'm probably more alert now than I've ever been because you just never know. Uh, and it's sad because that's not what we want our country to be. We want our people in this country to be walk, to walk around freely with a sense of goodwill and the goodwill of others uh, and knowing that it, it's, it's highly, highly unlikely that you're just going to suffer some kind of random attack just by being in the wrong place at the wrong time and that most of the people you run into are going to be decent and nice and, and treat you with courtesy and respect. That's the country I love. And that's, that, there's, there's obviously still a lot of that. But there is so much wickedness going on right now that I think every American is probably thinking the way I'm thinking right now, which is I'm alert I'm, I'm aware. Uh, tell my wife to be aware. You know, you're out there, you know, make sure that you are aware of your surroundings. You know, the Bible says walk circumspectly in the world. Here again, we're not paranoid. You know, the old saying, but even paranoids have enemies. <laughs> so we're not paranoid. We're not walking in fear. But we are, I think, more alert, more circumspect, more aware of our surroundings because we see this trend happening in our country which ought to give us all pause. And here again, uh, l- let me just share a couple things with you in terms of the, the, how the left is flipping the script, basically pulling in Isaiah 5, 1 is 5, 22, 23, calling good evil and evil good, putting light for darkness and darkness for light, putting bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter, because they are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Uh, George Soros, this George Soros-funded prosecutor, Gascon out in Los Angeles County, believe it or not, decided that a 26-year-old, a 26-year-old who sexually assaulted a 10-year-old pleaded guilty to doing it. And by the way, this was a transgender who assaulted a 10-year-old girl in the bathroom. Yeah, that's right. Another guy claiming to be a girl goes into the girl's bathroom and sexually molests a 10-year-old child. 
Now, since then, he's undergone gender transition. He's now identifying completely as a woman, but he even he hadn't gone through the transition then, but he still was asserting that he was a woman. So he went into the female bathroom and sexually assaulted. See, folks, this stuff is enough to make you want to, oh, oh my goodness gracious. I mean, because I think about that, that poor child and these leftists and their policies that have put children like this at risk when those of us with common sense have been saying, we've been screaming it from the rooftops, this is dangerous. People are going to get hurt. Children are going to get molested. Oh, no, no, you're, you're just a transphobic. That's your problem. You just need to stop being such a bigot and such a hater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ask this 10-year-old girl and her parents, who's being the bigot and who's being the hater? Because it sounds to me like the people advancing these policies hate these innocent children. That we And here again, this is not a one-off, folks. This is happening all over the country because this is what's been unleashed. But I want to get to this re- quick point. Gascon wants to try this guy as a juvenile so that he won't do hard prison time. This child molester. Back in a moment. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. This country had a crime spike in 2021. The only real question is whether it will continue in 2022. Social commentators remind us that once law and order is lost, it is not easy to restore. How bad was this crime spike? The Uniform Crime Report details a rise in murders of around 29%. A dozen U.S. cities set homicide records. Tucson, Arizona, Columbus, Ohio, Toledo, Ohio, Rochester, New York, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Indianapolis, Indiana, Louisville, Kentucky, St. Paul, Minnesota, Portland, Oregon, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Austin, Texas, and Albuquerque, New Mexico. Some of these cities are a surprise, but Portland and St. Paul, Minnesota are not. These are places in the country where the city leaders called for defunding the police and then went ahead and did just that. Mayors in some of these cities who originally talked about defunding the police have now quietly decided to restore funding. Of course, homicide isn't the only crime statistic statistic on the way up. YouTube is full of videos of criminals breaking into stores and running off with stolen goods. Some of the videos show criminals in stores casually walking through the store, picking up items and walking out. Store owners have tried to stop this rash of smash and grab by posting security, but you can see videos where they don't try too hard to stop the pillaging since they don't want to get hurt. Law enforcement is also experiencing what has been called the Minneapolis effect. Proactive policing is declining because so many of the anti police protest. Arrests are down and crime went up. As much as we would hope 2022 would be better than 2021, these trends won't be easily reversed. We may see a continued crime wave before it can be stopped. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. For a free copy of Kirby's booklet, A Biblical View on Critical Race Theory, go to viewpoints.info CRT. For American Family Radio, this is Gateways to Better Education. I'm Eric Buehler. Most Americans have no idea of the connection between Martin Luther and religious freedom. Addressing religious freedom, Martin Luther wrote a paper entitled Secular Authority, to what extent it should be obeyed. Luther was at the forefront of religious freedom, and students should learn how the Reformation brought about liberty. 
He quoted Matthew 10.28 when Jesus said, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Luther then wrote, Surely that is clear enough. The soul is taken out of the hands of any human being whatsoever and is placed exclusively under the power of God. It is impossible and futile to command or coerce someone to believe this or that. For a free article explaining the connection between the Reformation and America's religious freedom, call 1-800-929-1163. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. So, folks, this transgender molests a 10-year-old girl, 26 years old, George Gascon, the Soros-funded sycophant who's supposed to be a district attorney, which he's really not. Uh, He has decided that he wants to try this 26-year-old as a juvenile so that he can either be temporarily placed in a juvenile facility or placed on probation or house arrest. Because after all, we wouldn't want to punish him severely by putting him in a serious minimum, I mean, uh, medium or maximum security prison for just having molested a 10-year-old child. We want to get him back on the streets, back out on the streets as soon as possible. Because after all, that would only be fair. He only did this because he, he just hasn't had social justice. Uh, so that's what is producing this kind of crime wave. And, you know, we said early on, men, fathers said early on, if a man goes into the female restroom when my daughter has gone in, I am going in there behind him. And he's going to have to leave until she's done. And I think there are a lot of men who feel exactly that way for precisely this reason. Because when these children are are abused this way, they don't ever, they don't ever, some of them never get over it, folks. I mean, they are scarred for life. And so you've got these leftists playing with the lives of these people like they're God. I mean, it's just really ridiculous. And... Union Pacific is demanding that the same uh, prosecutor stop the rail theft. Rail and, and train robberies are up 356%. 356% this past year over years prior. That's three and a half times more train robberies. So some of these these. Uh, supply chain problems. Some of it is is we we haven't talked about this, but some of it is the is the result of the increase in crime, and and these these places where these goods are stored being robbed in un, at unprecedented levels. So it's, so everywhere along the way we are seeing crime exploding and interfering with the rights of Americans to live their lives peaceably and to get the things that they need. And of course, even for children to be able to live in safety. Carjackings are up. Vehicle thefts are up. And they're skyrocketing across the country. Uh, this, this suspect was just arrested in the beating of this 88-year-old woman. I mean, what in the, can an 88-year-old woman do? 
he and he just beat her unmercifully. That they you've seen probably seen some of the video of him just hauling off and taking pot shots at this poor woman's face. And the 79-year-old man punched in the head, knocked to the ground. The woman pushed off the subway. Uh, and of course, Brianna Kupfer, dead, stabbed to death. Oh, and by the way, folks, by the way, I want you to notice something. Most of these crimes I've mentioned have not been with guns. Oh, I thought guns were the problem. Well, Brianna was killed with a knife. Several people have been killed with punches. It's not the, it's not the instrument. The gun is a neutral instrument. It's the heart of the person that wields the thing. And here again, these leftists simply can't get their minds around that because like Marxists, they really believe that if you can just create the perfect system, you can create the perfect person. And people aren't perfect because the system makes them bad. It's our fault, not theirs. How can you put them in jail? You ought to put us all in jail because we're all responsible when a person goes out and commits some heinous crime. It's our failure as a society. Karl Marx really believed that he could, he could remake the world in such a way that he could create perfect people. Now, as we've learned, you might have to kill 100 million people or so in order to get that done, but oh, the product that comes out on the other end is just absolutely great. So all of these this stuff is just completely out of control with the crimes. And then you got prosecutors who won't really prosecute the people who are committing these crimes. I mean, here again, this guy who killed Brianna, I think he was out on a thousand dollar bond, had a track record, uh, a, cr a criminal record, I should say, as, as long as your, our arms probably all put together and he's walking around free. And, and crime tends to escalate. These people don't, they might start out committing a, a, a petty crime, but they're going to graduate. And, the, and the, the, the higher they graduate, the more likely it is that at some point they're going to end up being arrested for murdering somebody. And you don't wait until that happens. At least people with common sense wouldn't. Now we got to wait till somebody's dead. Then we'll see what we can do. Well, with all of this going on, Guess what the criminal justice system is contemplating? Prosecuting Donald Trump for the January 6th debacle. So you got people running around the streets, murdering, robbing, raping, stabbing, uh, carjacking, home invading, uh, you name it. But oh, no, 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 no. We, Let's not get hung up on that because, as Bragg in New York has said, we know that putting these people in jail doesn't work. Oh, yes, it does. Yes, it does. It works to keep the rest of us safe. I don't know where, what world he lives in. But I don't, we don't want to focus on that. Let's prosecute the last president of the United States. Let's try to put him in jail. Let's try to go after him. You see how backwards these people are. I mean, President Trump, whether a lot of people who supported him didn't always like the things he said, didn't always like his preoccupation with getting into fights with people. But President Trump gave us one of the most successful economies this country has ever had. 
President Trump secured our borders and reduced the flood of illegal immigrants coming across the border. Whether you agree with the vaccine or not, President Trump took action to try to facilitate getting this thing produced, which all the pundits said couldn't happen. He got it done. President Trump built up our military and got our military off this focus on political correctness and all of this woke nonsense and got us focused on being the greatest fighting force in the world. And President Trump put our enemies on notice and let our allies know that we would be there for them and that we expected them to meet their side of the bargain. I mean, as a practical matter, he did so much for this country. And on that fateful day, the words he spoke to me settled the matter once and for all. He said, we are going to peacefully and patriotically march up to the Capitol. Peacefully and patriotically. Now, the peacefully went out the window for some people. But since President Trump didn't call for anybody to do that, why in the world would there even be any consideration that he would be prosecuted? If there were evidence that President Trump had conspired, just like the Russian collusion the mess, if there were any evidence that President Trump had conspired to, with anybody to try to, in some way, overthrow the legitimate transition of power, believe me, we would know that it would be front page news. It didn't happen. Because I believe that President Trump loves this country, but I, I also believe that President Trump hates cheating and hates lying and hates obfuscation. And I think that he felt, and I agree with him, that there were, there's a lot of cheating and a lot of lying and a lot of obfuscation and a lot of shenanigans that went on with the 2020 election and that it needed to be looked into, that we needed to have a, a, a really serious audit of how those votes were tabulated before we could come to a final decision of the outcome of the election. Now, sue me for having that view. But I think that's a reasonable, rational view. It's only in the totalitarian mindset of the left that when you, a conservative has a question about an election, that somehow it's treasonous and it's horrible and you're a monster and you deserve to be, I don't know, <laughs> tarred and feathered, I guess. But when they raise a question, oh, no, then it's, it's perfectly appropriate. Oh, yes, because... After telling us there's no such thing as fraud, there's no such thing as cheating, they've already raised the possibility of somehow the election being illegitimate here in 2022. I mean, which is it? You can't have it both ways. <laughs> it can't be, don't you dare question an election. We will not have that happen in this country. That is, not, that is unpatriotic. And then every time it suits their interests, uh, well, we've got some serious questions about this election. They spent the entire Trump administration questioning the legitimacy of Trump's election and claiming that it was not legitimate, that somehow it had been engineered by Vladimir Putin in some kind of collusion with the then sitting president of the United States. That was the biggest bunch of lies and, and, and garbage that anybody could ever spew about our electoral process, but they did it for three years and lied about it. Remember, uh, Adam Schiff saying, I have the evidence here. I have the evidence, and it's, it's incontrovertible that you have anything. Just lied through his teeth. 
just flat out told a bold-faced lie. You know, Harry Reid did the same thing, uh, and I'm no fan of Mitt Romney, but Harry Reid did the same thing when he said Mitt Romney hadn't paid taxes for 10 years. And you know, later on, he said, yeah, no, I, he said, I know it wasn't true. He said, but I don't regret it. It helped win the election. I mean, <laughs> Folks, our legal system has got to be fair to everybody or we're going to witness some very bad events in this country. Back in the morning. It's my turn. Here is your host for My Turn, Don Wildman. The very first book in the Bible has some uh, wonderful words for us. Here's a little short verse from the 28th chapter. Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. Let me share a story with you. Sam put on his top coat, picked up his briefcase, and walked to the door. Saying goodbye to the rest of the family, he proceeded to his car. He backed out of his driveway and headed down the road to the office. At the intersection, he looked both ways, and then he started across, and that's, that's when it happened. There was a terrible screech, tires grinding on the pavement, coming to a sudden and complete stop. Sam jumped, looked toward his right to see a big tractor trailer bearing down on him. In an instant, his instinct told him to brace himself to prepare for a terrible accident. The truck was about to crash into his small foreign-made automobile. He braced and waited, but miraculously, the driver of the giant truck managed to get the big rig stopped just prior to the anticipated collision. With a sigh of relief and thankfulness, Sam uttered a quick prayer. Now, it's only fair to say that Sam was not normally a very religious man, living mostly by his own creeds and just not having much time or interest in the kid stuff, you know. But for some reason, he spontaneously let it slip. Thank you, Lord, he said, suddenly remembering that there was someone beyond himself. Well, Sam and the driver of the truck got out and surveyed the situation. Man, said the truck driver, you're a mighty lucky person. Just a split-second difference in timing, and you very probably wouldn't be around this old world right now. You'd better be thankful that I had my brakes reworked just last week. I would hate to think what would have happened if I had not. And I started to put it off, but changed my mind at the last minute and went ahead. Buddy, you better thank goodness that you're still alive. Mister, said Sam, I've already thanked goodness. Well, in a few moments, Sam was on his way to the office again. At a service station along the route he took, he saw Bill. Bill was a friend of his who worked in the same office. Bill was also the religious guy in their group, a regular churchgoer. Sam wheeled in to speak to Bill and tell him about the truck. Hey, Bill, hollered Sam out of his window as he pulled along his religious friend. The Lord's really taking care of me this morning. I pulled out in front of this big truck, and the Lord performed a miracle and stopped it just before it got me. It sure is great how the Lord takes care of us, isn't it? It sure is, said Bill. He performed a miracle for me this morning also. He did, said Sam. What happened? Did you nearly get hit by a big truck like me? Well, not quite, said Bill. He just kept me from pulling out in front of any big trucks. Hmm. Strange how we can find him in the miracles and not in the everyday events, isn't it?
This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. The number is 888-589-8840. I'd love to take your call starting in this segment, 888-589-8840. You know, I've said this before, folks, so forgive me if it's repetitious, but I think it needs to be said again and again and again, and I think more public officials need to be saying it. If you ever get the majority of Americans convinced that the criminal justice system is completely rigged and no longer actually serves justice, but has a political agenda to punish people with whom those in power disagree. And you add to that the fact that people have no trust in the electoral system, that they believe that there is cheating going on, that it is rigged, that the outcome is predetermined to satisfy the leftist power mad agenda and, and, and thirst. That, that is a formula for cataclysmic instability. I, I really believe that because if the criminal justice system cannot be trusted to be fair, why in the world would I submit to it? Why would Americans submit to it? If the election system were ever to reach a point where people just felt, well, it's a joke. There's no elections in this country. So then how do we resolve our political differences? Folks, that's a, that's a, that's, <laughs> that's a very, very dangerous question if those two things were to happen. And that's why I believe that we as Christians, and, and this ought to be true for everybody, Christians, non-Christians, conservatives, liberals, we want the criminal justice system to treat everyone fairly. In other words, we want it to not have any agenda on the basis of ideology, but its agenda should simply be to enforce the law, to punish the guilty, to set free the innocent, and that's it. Not to use it for social engineering, oh, we don't want to send this child molester to jail because after all, that wouldn't be right. He's transitioning. He's, he's a transgender who's transitioning, so he just happened to molest a 10-year-old girl. But let's give him house arrest and, and let's treat him gingerly. He deserves it. <laughs> so you rape somebody's daughter, and they know that the criminal justice system, because it favors transgenders, and this person claims to be one, that these people will get a little slap on the hand and be set free to hurt other people. Here again, folks, that is a formula for cataclysmic instability. Because you know what that means. And I'm not recommending this, of course. I'm not suggesting this is what people ought to do. We've got to find peaceful ways of resolving these issues. But you know there are people who would say, well, if I can't get justice from the criminal justice system and you've hurt my child that way, I am going to make you pay. And we simply shouldn't be allowing our society to construct itself in such a way that people feel that that's their only option. Or no matter who I vote for, it's not, it's not going to matter. 
because they've already rigged the system to make sure that leftists get elected and to keep moving us in a more and more socialist direction. Here again, formula for cataclysmic instability. Because if the election doesn't matter, the Constitution doesn't matter. And if the Constitution doesn't matter, I don't have any rights that the government is bound to respect. What's my alternative then? You all see what I'm getting at here? And so these are important issues that have got to be resolved in a way that all people of goodwill, liberal, conservative, independent, uh, Democrat, Republican, whatever, all can say, you know what? I may not like the outcome, but I trust the outcome of that election. I trust it was done fairly, done with consideration for all of our concerns about making sure that the elections happen in a way that when the outcome is settled, we can all trust it and say, ah, man, it didn't get my way on that one, but I lived to fight another day. Um, rather than, <laughs> of course, of course we didn't win because they'd already rigged it to make sure that we couldn't. The number is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. And uh, let's get some of your calls in before we have to go to the next break. I mean, uh, do you all think about this whole crime situation the way I do? Which is, uh, is it making you more alert? And here again, I'm not recommending fear. But is it making you more alert? Is it making you more circumspect? And how about this? This, this revolving door for violent criminals, but the Department of Justice is contemplating prosecuting former President Trump for January 6th. I mean, talk about having your head screwed on backwards. My goodness gracious, Lord, help us. 888-589-8840 is the number. Okay, let's take some of your calls. Let's go to Ernie in Virginia. Ernie, welcome. Thank you, sir, for taking my call. I'm in the Shenandoah Valley. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Thank you for calling, Ernie. I know the Shenandoah Valley well. Beautiful country. One of my sons has the uh, pleasure of meeting you up there in northern Virginia. I uh, forget which one it was. But uh, I have a son who's a D.C. firefighter. Mm-hmm. And 20%, 20% of those guys have not taken that shot. And they have not honored their religious exemptions. And they're getting ready to fire them. Wow. Uh, you know, they keep pushing it back, but they keep saying they're getting ready to do it any day now. And uh, well, I wonder. Uh, yes, sir. Go ahead. No, no, Ernie, I, listen, our, our prayers are with you. And I hope that the legal actions being taken will prevent that because this it, here again Punishing the innocent, rewarding the guilty. But go ahead, finish your thought, Ernie. Well, I was just thinking, uh, um, yes, he's got to try to find some legal help. Now, one of Trump's uh, associates, they came to his house in the middle of the night with a, a SWAT team to serve a warrant to arrest him. I wonder if you could tell me who initiated that. Who would be responsible for saying, go get him? Do you have any yeah. idea who would have done that? Somebody did that. Well, we, Ernie, first of all, thank you. Thank you so much for the call. And um, we, we, you can't really know because a lot of times these things are, are, 
are not done in the broad daylight. Um, they're backroom decisions that get made. But obviously, you can't do that. You may be thinking of Roger Stone, um, and I think they did something similar to Rudy Giuliani. But you can't do that without the director of the FBI, particularly when you're going after a high-profile target, without the director of the FBI okaying it. Uh, I, I just don't believe that. But I also believe that the FBI director wouldn't okay it without some sense of a nod by the attorney general and that the attorney general wouldn't okay it with some kind of nod by the president of the United States. So I think that's where the buck ultimately stops. Thank you for the call, Ernie. Folks, the number is 888-589-8840. Let's go to Opal in North Carolina. Opal, welcome back. Hey, thank you, Bishop. God bless you. Uh, I just first off want to say it was lovely meeting you. Uh, Michael and I thoroughly enjoyed the breakfast on Monday and the MLK uh, celebration acknowledgement. So thank you for hosting that. That was beautiful. Thank you for coming. Thank you, sir. Um, I want to talk about something that has really been on my heart, Bishop, and I'm noticing even more and more how these criminal are acting out, criminals are acting out because, you know, when I was in the world way, you know, decades ago, I did, I broke the law and I was caught and I was punished for said crime. And I, um, and still to this day, having that cloud loom over my life, that, that stigmatism that I'm trying to get from under, even though here we are 30 years later, I'm still fighting things that happen you know, mm-hmm. eons ago because of, you know, what I was. I am no longer that person. I no longer live that way. And yet here we are. These criminals don't have just a get out of jail free card. They've got you don't even have to go to jail card. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so what about the people that were punished for very light crimes and minor you uh, go. things and, you know, have to still, you know, kind of maintain mm-hmm. poise, but yet Thank you, uh, Opal. I've, right Opal, I've, I've got to take a break, but I, I get your point. You're, and here again, you know, the people who are unrepentant, have not reformed their lives, getting treated with kid gloves, while completely reformed people still being punished. Back in a minute. So they asked me to enter my email address, and the next thing I know, I start getting emails from companies I never even knew existed. What's up with that? Here at the American Family Association, you have our word that we won't give away, sell, or lease your email address to any other organization or company. We're thankful when you take the time to subscribe to AFA Action Alerts, One Million Moms, Engage Magazine, or any of our other online newsletters. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA upholds the truth that all human beings, including the unborn, are created in the image of God and are worthy of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation Thank you for standing with us. Well, the year is 2022, and it's time to travel again. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. Hey, it is 2022, and we've got our spiritual heritage tours planned for June and September. 
And we look forward to it warming up and us getting back out there, seeing our great country. And we invite you to join us. We're going to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown. And then we've got a separate trip to Washington, D.C. and Mount Vernon, the home of George Washington. So the itinerary for these tours, the cost, everything you need to know is available at spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. We're going to have a great time with fellow listeners to AFR and supporters of American Family Association in June and September. Sign up now before we run out of space. That's spiritualheritagetours.com. You know, I think as you read the Bible, you see people going through grief. Dr. Gary Chapman on Focus on the Family Minute, explaining how we can learn from Bible characters who went through very difficult times. Read the book of Jeremiah. And read the book of Job. I mean, you see them going through grief, and God does not condemn them for going through grief. No. Uh, and we, we want to deny and just and say positive things that we think will make people feel better. But really, we just need to walk with them through the grief process and give yeah. them time to suffer and, uh, and love them in a way that's meaningful to them, whatever, whatever that language is, uh, so that they know there's people out there that are not in my immediate family even who care about me. It's what the church is all about, is walking with people through trauma and grief. If you're facing grief, please know you're not alone. You'll find encouragement from Gary at FamilyMinute.org. Back to The Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. You know, think about this, folks. It is as if lawlessness is being rewarded and law-abiding citizens are being punished. And that's the way it starts to feel as political correctness and wokeness and, and this far-left thinking takes root. And it's as if the American people who go out and work and do their jobs and try to raise their children, uh, we are, are the bad ones. The parents who say, hey, I, I, I want to have the final say in the kinds of things my children are taught. Well, you bigot, you hater, you, you, you're, a, you're an extremist. We need to call the FBI out on you. Uh, but here's a guy who just flew in from Great Britain who was a known terrorist, known to, to the British, uh, or at least suspected of being a terrorist. He comes into our country on a visitor visa and goes and terrorizes synagogue. But law-abiding citizens, are we talking about restricting our travel? If you go out and you come back, you can't get into the country without going through all these hoops. And, you know, here's a terrorist. Doesn't seem to have any problem. I mean, it, it, there's just something topsy-turvy about the way our government is operating and the bureaucracy of our government, to call it the deep state, is operating. And I mean, we've got to have leadership that's going to turn this situation around before it's too late. The number is 888-589-8840. And let's come back to your calls. Let's go to Lorenzo in Louisiana. Lorenzo, welcome. Uh, yes, sir. How you doing? I am blessed, Lorenzo. How are you? Uh, I'm blessed, too. Yes, I was just uh, uh, listening to you about this deal with uh, Trump uh, having all those people attack the, the government. 
and I, I don't yeah. know if you ever served in the military or not, but uh, that's not the way you deal with the uh, uh, if you have a complaint. You know, if you lose an election, right. you don't send a thirty thousand people down to try to stop the other guy from getting in. And uh, well, I don't well, know okay, how you can okay, but Lorenzo, Lorenzo, let's let's L- Lorenzo, Lorenzo, hold on. Let's let's just talk about the facts, okay? Let's talk about what actually happened. You know, in America, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. You do do you do agree though that in America, it is okay to protest anything you want to protest as long as it's peaceful, right? Right. Right. Okay. So they they showed up because they liked President Trump. They wanted him to be president, and he says we're going to peacefully and patriotically protest because they thought that there were shenanigans that went on in the election and that there should at least be a pause to figure out whether the votes reported were in fact accurate. And people can agree with that or disagree. But would you say if they had gone to the Capitol and protested peacefully and never encroached the Capitol, you wouldn't have found anything wrong with that, would you? But that's not what they did. Okay, so he, so here's what I'm coming to. The president, he, there's no evidence whatsoever that the president ever told anybody to breach the Capitol. It's, you don't know that. It's the evidence. Do you know that he did? Do you know it's that he did? It's still coming out. They still you you think that if there were evidence, wait a minute, Lorenzo, you really believe that if there were evidence that President Trump was involved in actually conspiring to breach the Capitol of the United States uh, House of Representatives and Senate, you really believe that we wouldn't know that a year later. You think we wouldn't know that? No, just like you were saying about the guy that uh, molested the little girl in the bathroom, right? Don't you yep. think there should have been an investigation? Uh, there was an investigation. But before any crime, or uh, you take somebody to court, you have to have an investigation. Hey, look, uh, Lorenzo, right for, forgive, forgive me, forgive me for pull, forgive me for pulling rank on you, Lorenzo. But I'm a, I'm an attorney, and I've actually actually represented people in court, so I know exactly how the process works. And I can tell you that if there were a scintilla of evidence that the president of the United States, that President Trump, I, if you don't like him, fine, you don't have to like him. But let's deal with facts. If there were a scintilla of evidence that the president had actually told anybody or supported anybody going into or breaching the Capitol, I really believe that we would know that by now. And we don't convict people on the basis of fact, the fact that folks don't like him. That's that's what I'm getting at. See, we get hung up. We don't like somebody. We don't like what they stand for. We don't like what they represent. And we, we want to the facts don't matter. Let's just just do something to them. But you can't. That's not the way it works in America. So we're punishing the people. We're punishing the people who violated the law that day and maybe punishing some people who didn't. But certainly people who violated the law that day should be punished. But people shouldn't be punished because they showed up to a rally or because they protested peacefully, because that's perfectly within our constitutional rights. But how can you call peacefully people coming in dressed in military wear? You just heard me say the people who violated the law should be punished. Come on. You got to listen to Lorenzo. I said the people who violated the law should be punished. But see, I think what you really want to do, you want to smear them all and you want to smear President Trump and you want them all to be punished because you really didn't like the reason they were there in the first place. But the fact of the matter is they had a constitutional right to be there as long as they conducted themselves in a peaceful way. Those that did not are going to pay a price and the price should be fair and just. 
So, but Lorenzo, hey, thank you for the call, and I really appreciate the spirited discussion and debate. But yeah, let, that's what I'm getting at, though, Lorenzo. The criminal justice system has got to be fair to everybody, and it's got to be based on facts and evidence, not the fact that I don't like this person, put him in jail. I don't like this person, and therefore let's stretch the law and do what we need to do in order to punish that person. That's a bad idea, whether you like somebody or not, because sooner or later, that comes right back around to you. Thank you so much, my friend. All right, let's get to... Um, you've been waiting very patiently. Jim in Arkansas. Jim, welcome. Hi. Yeah, brother, Hi, I Jim. agree with you 100%. Um, actually, after that last call, I wanted to talk about something something else, but uh, our constitutional rights are being diminished every day. And uh, I know firsthand in a case that I was involved in where I sued the city of Philadelphia, and you can look it up on the Internet, Porter versus city of Philadelphia, where my constitutional rights were violated at a sheriff's sale, and I was attacked. And, and we won the trial. I represented myself, and they appealed. And the Third Circuit uh, then turned me down, reversed our $750,000 jury verdict, and then had the audacity to say that I'm not entitled to a trial. So now the Seventh Amendment of the Constitution gets completely thrown out of the window. The First Amendment of the Constitution gets thrown out of the window because I was, wasn't able to read three sentences before I was attacked by people in the sheriff's department. And then you look at these people in January, January 6th last year. They're sitting in jail. They haven't even, no felony charges against them. They've been mm-hmm. in jail over a year. They don't have legal representation, or if they do, it's, it's very sparse at, le- at, at most. And some of them are even in solitary confinement for not even having a felony charge, sitting there for well over a year. We're having a problem, a, a major crisis in our country yep. that people don't understand. The January 6th uh, thing last year, I actually was there. And I'm going to tell you what the intent was. The intent was for us after the rally to walk down to uh, the people's house and let the people know that we want an investigation to stop the steal of the election. We're not saying that the steal actually happened. Not how, We just wanted the investigation because there were mm-hmm. some... There were some things that were outstanding uh, that made it very suspicious about the election. And there's no reason in the world why they could not have stopped it for 10 days or whatever, check into these things and find out. However, Jim, Jim, listen, listen, Jim, I got you. I got you, my friend. And I and, and look, we are we are we are on all fours together. Thank you so much for the call, Jim. I, I couldn't agree with you more, though. Uh, and, and it was perfectly within their rights to do that peacefully. And it just got out of hand, but it was not an insurrection, an attempt to overthrow our democracy, as we keep hearing. But thank you so much for the call, my friend. Let's get to, because um, we're running out of time here, Emilio in West Virginia. Emilio, welcome. Hello, uh, Bishop Jackson. It's a pleasure to talk to you. I've always wanted to talk to you, but sometimes my Italian heritage gets the best of me, and I start to get... <laughs> agitated. Uh, I called to ask a question and to make a comment concerning the uh, January 6th is my question. I've never really fully had it explained to me why the Supreme Court never listened to the 17 states that petitioned for them to examine evidence. And it's never been explained to me to where I could understand it. I think a lot of January 6th would not have happened. People were irritated beyond belief. And And my comment about the 
the lawlessness is uh, isn't that like one of the legs of communism to usher in communism they create chaos in a country isn't that what we have right now is a bunch of chaos I mean literally chaos and uh, this is also orchestrated and people think it's just happening because it's happening it's not the case but I was really wow. really disappointed with the Supreme Court and I'm, I'm, I mean if we had all this evidence why didn't they 17 states they dismissed and I don't get it I know. Well, Emilio, thank you so much for the call. I'm glad you got through. Uh, Look, I I agree with you. The Supreme Court can take cases on transgenderism and homosexual marriage and all of that. But here's one of the most important cases maybe in the history of the country where we have to resolve the issue of the integrity of our elections and they choose not to get involved. I think that's a big problem. Those other issues are cultural. This, to me, is legal, and they should have stepped in and, 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 and... at the very least, set forth some sort of framework for how we get to the bottom of what actually happened. So, Emilia, I could, I, yeah, and, and it was frustrating to people, and I understand why. And as I said, without the integrity of our elections, we are in big trouble. Okay, last call, Stephen in North Carolina. Stephen, welcome. Hello. Hi, Stephen. Hello. You don't have much time, Stephen, so I've got to ask you to go get right to your point. I live in, I grew up in the Shenandoah Valley, and I heard the caller earlier saying he had a son in D.C., worked at a farm, and, and they were out to lose their jobs because they were not vaccinated. As a citizen of the district, I agree. I do not want a fireman who sometimes serve as EMS officers coming to help me okay. if they are not vaccinated. Got it, Stephen. Stephen, thank you for the call. You made your point. I appreciate that. I don't agree with it, by the way. Because we know that vaccinated people are getting and transmitting the disease. And I'm not hearing a whole lot about people with natural immunity transmitting the disease. So, so Stephen, but here again, we are a nation of individual liberty. And I think we're always going to be better off if we respect that. Folks, that's going to do it for today. Remember, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.